0: More than half of U.S. physicians report symptoms of burnout, including emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and a diminished sense of personal accomplishment due to work-related stressors. Studies have linked burnout to higher rates of substance use, depression, and suicidality in physicians, as well as to medical errors and malpractice suits. But although there's broad recognition that burnout is a problem, there's less agreement about how to address it. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Tate Shanafelt, Chief Wellness Officer at Stanford Medicine. Dr. Shanafelt, are there data on how rates of clinician burnout have changed over time? Is it clear that burnout is more prevalent now, or is it just that we're paying more attention to it?
1: It does appear that burnout is increasing. Historically, it was thought that around 30 to 35% of physicians were burned out at any given point in time. At the time of our national study in 2011, we found that 45% of U.S. physicians were experiencing symptoms of professional burnout. And when we repeated that national study in 2014, that proportion had increased to 54%. So it does appear that we're seeing an upward trend in physician burnout.
0: So, in a perspective article, Wright and Katz say that an increasing clerical burden including time spent entering notes in electronic health records, is one of the biggest drivers of burnout in medicine. How much extra work have EHRs actually added for physicians?
1: I think electronic health records have certainly created a number of frustrating inefficiencies related to documentation and order entry. And in many ways, they have turned front physicians into frontline data entry clerks in some ways. This is only partly due to the EHR itself. It's also due to regulations, documentation, and pre-approval requirements from insurance companies and other such regulatory pieces more so than just the EHR. I think the EHR has affected work in other ways, however. The 24-7 access to the record has also insidiously allowed healthcare organizations to increase productivity expectations on the number of patients seen during the workday because physicians can log in at night and complete their documentation and other clerical tasks that historically were completed during the workday. And some recent studies suggest that the average physician is spending around 30 hours a month interfacing with the EHR on nights and weekends, uh, sort of in that work-after-work window. So I think that's another way EHRs have expanded the workday. But the real impact goes beyond some of those obvious clerical effects because EHRs have also fundamentally altered the way we work. And Physicians now spend much of their day interfacing with the computer rather than patients or colleagues, and even in the exam rooms, studies suggest that about 40% of the time, the physicians interacting with the computer rather than with the patient, and that can start to erode the human-human interaction that's really at the heart of healing, and that's a tremendous source of meaning for both patients and physicians. So I think all the different ways the EHR has affected physicians' work is quite complex, and it's sort of the visible dragon that gets blamed for everything. But it's important to note that if we waved a magic wand and EHRs were perfected tomorrow, we would still have a number of major structural problems that we would need to address to really get at the heart of this burnout issue. So it's only part of the story.
0: So Wright and Katz also say that providers in the frontline specialties, internal medicine, family medicine, and female physicians, may be at the highest risk for burnout. What do you think explains that?
1: I think that the specialty-related component is in part due to the fact that many of those specialties at the frontline of access to care have borne an undue share of the burden of some of the changes in the practice environment, including EHRs. They're really the ones who are coordinating so many dimensions of care, interfacing with multiple providers, a larger volume of medications that they're prescribing and renewing, interfacing with patients on electronic portals, and the volume of phone calls, that's really the clinical care that used to only happen in the office, now it takes place through so many different formats and vehicles, and those are often unrecognized, they're not traditionally reimbursed, and so those frontline, particularly the primary care disciplines, really bear an undue burden of the way these changes and the way medicines practice have affected physicians. I think we also see that younger individuals are at higher risk for burnout. We have seen that in our national studies of U.S. workers across all occupations, and it doesn't appear to be a generational effect due to millennials. There was evidence that younger workers were at increased risk for burnout even 20, 25 years ago. It's probably more to do with the complexity of life earlier in a career, trying to get yourself established you know, younger children at home, more likely to be in a two-career relationship and those type of factors. For women physicians, even after we adjust for all other factors, including age, they do appear to be at 25 to 30% higher risk. And some of that appears to be due to the challenges women in many careers face of sort of the second shift and the work after work and different home responsibilities and expectations between men and women. But it also appears that there are likely components in the way the workday in medicine is structured and a lack of flexibility that really isn't necessary to accomplish what we need to do to provide good clinical care and may allow us to close that gap between men and women and not just attribute all of it to societal factors because I think there are probably many characteristics under the control of healthcare organizations directly and specific to physicians that contribute to that gap.
0: There are programs at your institution, at Stanford, and at the University of Colorado Health System that have been successful in addressing burnout and the symptoms. What do you think it would take to implement those kinds of initiatives more broadly?
1: I think you're specifically referring to some of the practice redesign efforts that have occurred around adding new members to the care team to assist physicians with some of these clinical care tasks related to coordinating patient care, order entry, uh, managing portal messages, interfacing with patients, and really helping them focus their efforts during the workday when they're with patients on the, the tasks that require the expertise of a physician. And I think that the Colorado Experience as well as the experience in primary care here at Stanford in some pilot clinics have suggested that by re-engineering that care team and even increasing the staffing and achieving ratios that are closer to each physician having two to two-and-a-half support team members per physician profoundly increases the efficiency of the physician. It leads to increased patient satisfaction. And it can be cost neutral because oftentimes there's a modest productivity gain because physicians are not spending time on a lot of unreimbursed clerical tasks that others can perform. And so it's really a win across the board for physicians, patients, and other healthcare workers as well as their organization. And I think that now that we have evidence around proof of concept that that is true, I think hopefully it will encourage other organizations to try and solve that puzzle within their own institution because each institution is a bit unique. Certainly, academic models and private practice models, HMO models are all slightly different. The local practice environment makes a difference into how these different care models need to be structured and implemented, but they are readily adapted to all of these different environments, and with a bit of effort, there can be big dividends paid for the morale of the staff as well as the satisfaction of patients.
0: Looking upstream, Zhao and colleagues in another Perspective article write that medical students and residents have higher rates of burnout and depression than their peers in non-medical careers. Do you think that burnout is actually setting in as early as medical school and what could be done about it?
1: Well, that's definitely true. Uh, we demonstrated in a national study several years ago that matriculating medical students begin their training with less burnout, better mental health profiles, higher quality of life scores than college graduates pursuing other fields. That pattern is reversed by the second year of medical school, at which point their depression, burnout, and quality of life scores are all unfavorable relative to their peers outside of medicine. And that trend seems to peak during residency training, with some studies suggesting between 60 and 75% of residents, depending on specialty, will experience symptoms of burnout at least at some point during the course of their training. So we do see this uh, occurring very early in a career. And it doesn't appear to be the type of people we're selecting into medicine because they're really coming in with a favorable profile of resilience. And I think that has given many of us pause in the medical education field of what are the characteristics of the environment, uh, the process of training, uh, the way it's structured that may be contributing to those trends and and how do we begin to re-engineer that so that hopefully we're not contributing to burnout early and beyond that. That were equipping these future physicians with the skills necessary to avoid burnout as they move into their career and face different challenges over the, the course of their
0: career. Finally, what can clinicians do if they recognize symptoms of burnout, either in themselves or in their colleagues? Where can they go for help and what can they do in the absence of system-wide change?
1: I think first, Uh, obviously it's preferable to prevent burnout in the first place and I think universally all physicians really need to be very intentional in identifying the things that matter most to them in both their personal and professional life and think about how they're going to integrate those priorities. It's very common during the course of training because medical students and residents have so little control over their day-to-day life and do even in today's environment work a very high number of hours that professional life gets prioritized above all for Almost a decade of life, and many physicians continue to sort of perpetuate that mindset that they learn during training and don't do a good job integrating personal and professional priorities. All of us as physicians also need to really determine very specifically the dimensions of work that are most meaningful to us and identify how we're gonna protect and grow the amount of time we spend in those specific activities. Self care, adequate time away from work, self awareness connections with colleagues also, again, universally important. But I think for a physician who is experiencing burnout, the first thing I would really underscore is that recovery is possible. And You often do need to take a step away from work and be able to have a week or two weeks away to really reflect on values, priorities, the things that are still worthwhile to you in your work and provide you a sense of meaning and purpose, and then to begin and think about how you might reshape your career and refocus on those things, and that does often involve making difficult choices, which can include working part-time or experimenting with a different practice structure, taking a pay cut to refocus how you spend your time on the things that matter to you, uh, even moving to a new practice. And so I think, you know, thinking through those things is important. You know, oftentimes, smaller changes of reconnecting to the things in work that are meaningful creating regular places to meet with groups of colleagues and to discuss both the challenging and uh, meaningful and altruistic aspects of a career in medicine can really serve as both a support to an individual physician, help them recognize they're not alone, and and help them really remember some of the things that really make this such a wonderful profession to be in. So I think those are some steps, Um, you know, sometimes uh, reaching out to get external Help either from a counselor or uh, someone who's a coach, it can help you think through the choices that you might have in front of you. It can also help folks retool their professional life and better integrate personal and professional life in a way that helps them reclaim that joy in their work. Uh, but I would encourage folks not to believe that once they experience burnout, the rest of their career is doomed to stay that way. You know, making the effort and being deliberate and going through those steps can really help folks reclaim their career. Thank you, Dr. Schoenefeld.